Hey, everybody. Fantastic episode of the show today. We have Gabe Layden, the founder of Limit Break, Digidai Gaku, the former CEO of Machine Zone, and the gentleman that has actually booked ad space for the Super Bowl this Sunday to advertise his NFT collection and actually have a free mint live on the TV. Absolutely fascinating. We talked to him about his thoughts about the ad and what it could mean for free NFTs. We talked to him about Digidai Gaku and Limit Break and what's coming next. And we talked to him about the general NFT space, he even talks about Bitcoin ordinal NFTs. And that's a juicy conversation. It makes Nick very uncomfortable because he starts to worry about his Ethereum exposure because Bitcoin is clearly the superior chain. Obviously, I'm half joking there, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, the show is sponsored by SoRare. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash SoRare. That's T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y dot com slash SoRare, S-O-R-A-R-E. Hope you enjoy the Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the NFT Morning Show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.15 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week where we discuss all things NFTs, crypto, technology, finance, entertainment, gaming, the macroeconomic climate, and everything in between. I'm your host, P.O., here five days a week, dishing out this show to you at your service. Here with my co-host, Nifty Nick, the funniest man in the business, King Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders, the co-founder of the Nifty, the intelligent degenerate. Watch out for Cyber Stadium, soon to hit a blockchain near you. Easy Eats Bodega, the host of GMGM Market Talk, a show that's exploding, in case you haven't noticed it. It happens at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, one hour before the start of this show. It has a kick-ass cast of characters. They've been crushing it over there. And Easy's also the founder of Bodagos, soon to hit a blockchain near you, Signal. The host of Artist Spotlight at the Nifty. Maybe you've been seeing some of the clips that she's been dropping with some of the most talented artists in the space. Absolutely love having Signal on the team. And then, of course, we have Bunny. Bunny, your your bio just says that you're an intern for NFT Nick. Yeah, he reached out to me late last night, P.O. He said that I, I remind him of a younger version uh, of himself. Uh and he looks at me at, at, at like his protege. So like, this is pretty cool. I'm excited for the experience. Nick, is that true? Bunny will never be anything like me. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I mean, that that's not fair. <clears throat> it just, it's, I mean, We're it's- We're two peas in a pod, Nick. I'm not saying that, um, you know, uh, he's not a great person. I mean, I don't know anything about him, but- uh, <laughs> Uh, as it applies to being like me, it just seems like we have completely different backgrounds without even knowing him, you know? You're just assuming I, that you guys have completely different backgrounds. What, what if I'm, he also built a social media-based blog in the mid to late 2000s and sold it when he was in his 20s uh, and then moved to San Francisco? What if he did all that also? Uh, Bunny, did you do that? Not technically. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like I'm identified by that particular thing, though. There's a lot more to Nick, P.O. You know, it's a question that we ask of ourselves a lot of the times. Uh, more recently, I've been feeling like a uh, mafia don with my uh, <laughs> necklace that I've been rocking. And I think that that's, um, that's a really important part that people recognize. 
pretty much that I own a crypto punk and my necklace demonstrates that. And uh, that makes me kind of, I have a one of one. No one else has a necklace like this. So I'm pretty excited. Anyways, uh, Bunny, good luck with uh, your internship here. I'm a pretty brutal uh, dictator like boss. And uh, maybe you'll learn something. Well, we'll have to see how Bunny fares in his new internship. Apparently, I, I wasn't aware of this. I wasn't aware that he was going to be Nick's well, intern. Now that we got a free intern, I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't wait to see how that plays out. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're joined by a special guest, the one and only Gabe Layden, the CEO of Limit Break and Digidai Gaku, the former CEO of Machine Zone. Uh, Gabe is a Web3 game designer. He's a master of performance marketing and growth hacking. Uh, and we're just thrilled to have him on the show ahead of the monster Super Bowl ad that everybody can't wait to see that's coming on Sunday. So we'll be sure uh, to throw to Gabe and to learn all about what's going on later in the show. In the meantime, Gabe, how you doing, amigo? How you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your show. I love this show. I listen uh, almost every morning. So I, I'm really looking. This is the only one I'm going to do because I, I this is the my my favorite NFT show. Oh, you hear that, Nick? That's an exclusive. Damn. Nick likes that. Damn. Flattery will get you everywhere, Gabe. <laughs> Pretty excited about uh, discussing your project. Um, you know, we had in Thank the notes know. here, literally, don't let Gabe discuss his project. That was what the notes, the show notes said here. I'm throwing that all to the wind. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate your commentary. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, today's daily question. Okay. So we run a daily question every day and I'm going to post it, uh, here in, uh, the chat. Uh, Nick, why don't you read out the daily question today? How about that? Oh, this is a big one, PL. <laughs> what was the first NFT you bought? Can it be that you minted as well? Because what sure. if you got? I was going to post mine. I'm pretty excited about yeah, it. Yeah, post post the image of the NFT, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to shout them out. Uh, what I is? Gotta, I got to go grab mine. Uh, the the image, if you can. Um, I don't know where mine is, but uh, I, I will say the first one I got was a cardboard cutout of a CryptoPunk. And that's by Gremplin, correct? That was a Gremplin, uh, a Gremplin creation. I may have minted one on OpenSea before that, uh, but yeah, that's that's a uh, that's it for now. Is the uh, cardboard cutout of a CryptoPunk? I can't even seem to find it, so that's great. Um, but yeah, that was that was the first one. That was followed pretty. I had a pretty good start. I got art blocks. I got a Mebit that was not good, and then I got an ape. So, like, kind of, uh, if if we're saying that luck was in my favor, uh, I w I would say that it definitely was there. It's a nice little run. My first NFT that I ever minted was uh, Beige, who is Fuckrender's wife um, on Nifty Gateway, had a piece called Lavish. That was the very first one. That was in February 2021. So uh, two years ago at this point, coming up on a two-year anniversary of that first Mint event. Crazy how things have changed. Easy, what was the first NFT you ever minted? A Gen 1 Top Shot card pack. Because mm. Top Shot counts, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Top Shot uh, in the first kind of release packs back December 2020. So even earlier, Signal, what was the first NFT you ever minted? Um, a B friend. That's a good a one. Friend. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was the first one. Kind of crazy. I did. I did not include Top Shot. That was a good call there. Easy. I didn't even consider that an NFT. And frankly, you shouldn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but, but it, <laughs> it, 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 uh, it didn't feel the same. Okay. Like I didn't like go through the process of minting that. What they did was they provided a seamless experience, not too distant from what I'm ex- anticipating uh, Gabe's team to do here. Uh, we'll discuss that in a minute. Pio's discussing, do we want to do a massive giveaway? Okay. Uh, okay. So we'll get you to know, that. In honor, in honor of Gabe Layden himself, who gives away free NFTs, we're, we're going we're gonna to do the biggest drop that we've ever done on this show. Okay? So we're going to... not. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we'll learn about that in a second. I just want to ask one more person what their first NFT was, if that's okay, Nick. Uh, okay, go for it. Frank, Frank, what was the first NFT you ever minted, amigo? And welcome to the show. Uh, it was also a top shot. I, I think I got, uh, I think I got, I think, TJ Warren. I think it was some random, I don't even remember, to be honest. It was a top shot. Uh, yeah, it was some random player. I, would, I wouldn't even be able to tell you who the player was that I minted because I don't pay attention to that whatsoever. So, But, I mean, the fact that you actually have any memory of that means that you must watch basketball periodically. <laughs> well, well, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're pumped to have Frank on the show, especially since Gabe is here, too. Be curious to hear you know Frank's thoughts on the NFT space and what Gabe is doing on Sunday, because obviously Frank's got a big brain. He understands what's going on in NFTs. Um, Today's show is sponsored by us, by our newsletter. Nick, please take it away. Uh, Pio, thanks for uh, throwing it my way. Today, I'm proud to announce the giveaway of giveaways. We've never done anything like this before. We're giving away not one, not two, but three nifty portals. That's over $1,000 worth of NFTs. And if you end up uh, winning one of those, uh, you can immediately dump it on the floor and take your cash and walk away. Or you can believe in the future of what we're building. It's completely up to you. It has nothing to do with what we're building, though, because this is purely an art collectible. That's how I like to think about it. Uh, And that's what my lawyers told me to say. So if you want to sign up for that and to get one of those free NFTs, head over to the nifty.com, T-H-E, nifty.com. That's a daily newsletter that we create uh, that covers the top stories in the NFT space every single day, uh, Monday through Friday. And then on weekends, we show what the top trending projects are. We also have a little something special coming for that. It's, uh, It's incoming, but I don't like projecting about the future because we're really trying to reward people that were here here, uh, with us early. Anyways, Sign up at the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com. We're going to pick three subscribers. Uh, and let me tell you, based on the uh, incredibly uh, and relatively tiny subscriber base that we have, uh, you have pretty good odds. Okay? So I'm just <laughs> going to say that out there. It's kind of embarrassing how small our newsletter is. And that's something that uh, people tell me in the streets. They say, my gosh, are you a mafia don with that necklace that you're wearing uh, with that crypto punk. And I say, I am. And they say, how big is your email list? And I tell them and they say, oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so help stop the embarrassment, cure the embarrassment, sign up at the nifty.com. We're going to give away three nifty portals today. All you got to do, go over to the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com. That's the sponsor for today. 
Theo, what do we got next? What do we got? We got the weather report and the newsletter updates. Then we're going to start talking to Gabe about this monster free NFT mint that's happening on Sunday. Signal, please let us know what's going on with the weather. Yeah, GM guys, a last day of the week, Friday, the 10th of February, OpenSea volume coming in at 15 million. So we have dropped down from 19 yesterday. On to leaders, uh, not well, well, we no, we do have some changes. Apes, mutants, and punks all looking fine there, but certainly seeing some downward pressure now coming in on Clonex. That's sitting in down at 4.8. Uh, Pudgies at uh, 5.4 and doodles at 5.7. Obviously, we're still seeing a lot of the farming that's going on. So these numbers could change after that. But that is the current state as before going into the weekend. Over the past 24 hours, on-chain monkey, they saw a meteoric rise. They went from 0.9 to 3 ETH after the team announced that the 10K collection was inscribed on Bitcoin via ordinals and only in one inscription. Owning an ETH uh, on-chain monkey genesis is now equal to owning a BTC on-chain monkey genesis. So for this morning, that floor is looking at 1.8. Over to Art, uh, the and in fact, we've got a little bit of breaking news because this came out earlier, just about, about 40 minutes ago. So Breaking news coming in right now from Signal, the one and only. Please, back to you, Signal. There you go. Actually, this breaking news is going to be good for Nick's bags because the Centre Pompidou in Paris, which is the second largest museum for uh, in, a second largest museum in Europe, have announced the acquisition of 18 digital works by um, by the institution, including CryptoPunks in there. So congratulations to Non-Fungible No End team there for making that acquisition happen. Other notable sales lot in during the week. So we saw obviously Kevin Rose's Zombie Punk. We've seen Jimmy's Gold Ape. We've seen Abyssana Twin Flames. We're now seeing ordinal punks at a new all-time high and also saw a sale for a 10 ktf kennel genesis day pack with an epic trait go check if you have one of those that sold for 30 30 weef so the second highest 10 ktf sale on OpenSea. the genesis epic can be burnt for 27 g tags which is why uh we're, is why we're seeing these and g tags are currently uh valued at one eth so definitely a nice sale if you hold those and lastly life in america by rupe rain Re- Rupe Rainstow. This is the AI art collection has done phenomenally well. It was a mint at 0.1, now sitting above 3 ETH. A lot of collectors love this project, so it'll be interesting to watch and see where it settles. We're seeing uh, collections uh, like Claire Silver's Genesis now hit an all-time high of 10 ETH as you have to get the original Genesis collections for the brain drop passes, so keep an eye on the AI art meta going forward. On to crypto, lots of volatility happening there. We'll talk about reason for that later on, but BTC down around uh, 5% and a lot of the other alts have been pulling back around 8 to 10%. So overall, some volatility in the markets at the moment could stay like that for a few more days as we go into the weekend and early Monday. NFTs, meanwhile, we are seeing some pullbacks on the most notable notable and popular collections, but still lots of isolated wins, lots of isolated wins happening right now across the market. Back to you, folks. Absolutely fantastic weather report. As usual, Signal, some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest. You can sign up at the nifty.com. That's the newsletter you have to be subscribed to to win the free NFTs that Nick is giving away today. Uh, co-founder of Yuga Labs, Gordon Garner, shared a letter touching on his recent uh, health issues and actually continuing to respond to accusations of racist imagery in Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, the NFT marketplace looks rare entered into a partnership with MoonPay to facilitate the onboarding of more users by integrating MoonPay's payment solutions into its platform. Kraken, 
A prominent cryptocurrency exchange declared the suspension of its staking service following concerns about SEC regulation. And Board Ape Yacht Club announced that the winner of the Dookie Dash game will be announced, uh, or or I guess it was confirmed that it was Mongrel, right? Yeah, Mongrel won. Uh, he finished first in the Dookie. They're still finalizing. Okay. February 15th. They delayed it because a thread dropped yesterday of somebody who successfully showed how to hack the game using source files. So they're taking a longer time than anticipated. February 15th, they'll finalize all the scores. Okay. February 15th, but it'll probably be Mongrel, right, Easy? Yeah, very good chance. It's also They also came out and said that if you did not play the game, you'll actually still be able to compete whatever they're doing for the future steps. So they have also given a few more announcements as well around it uh, in regards to the next steps of whatever's going on. Got it. Okay. Uh, On-chain Monkey is actually moving to Bitcoin. It is the first 10K collection to be inscribed on Bitcoin via ordinals. They announced that they were all on-chain on Bitcoin on February 8th and all on-chain on Ethereum uh, years before. So pretty gnarly that they're uh, actually making that move. Uh, And last but not least, Sandbox announces a Paris Hilton partnership. Uh, Paris Island is coming to the Sandbox. So we'll have to see uh, whether that's bullish or uh, a nothing burger for the sandbox. Those are your updates from the Nifty Daily Digest. Moving on to our guest of honor for today, Gabe Layden. Gabe, I think everybody in the NFT space knows who you are. Uh, You're the CEO of Digidigaku. You've been a master growth hacker since you've come into the space. And we have a, a big event on Sunday. We have a Super Bowl commercial for your NFT collection, for your business, that's actually going to include a free mint. So it's, in theory, the biggest free mint that, free mint that we've ever seen. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. What do people you know, need to know about the significance of this event in relation to the NFT space? Uh, yeah, thank you for that, uh, Pio. Um my my general theory is that people the if you want to onboard the world you have to do it through free nfts because um you know you don't need to do kyc you don't need to go to an exchange you don't need a credit card you don't need to know what ethereum even is um you do need a wallet but that that's uh you know that's an that's one thing that you need but it's a lot easier than all the other things combined and um, if you, if I, I believe that the first, your first ETH won't won't come from Coinbase. It'll come from your earning or getting a free NFT, most likely from a video game. Um, and I had this realization when we launched Digi. So I went to the investors. I said, okay, I have this absolutely insane idea to to do this on the Super Bowl, to do a free mint on the Super Bowl. And our strategy's really changed since August since this came up. But um, this idea, since we had this idea, but um generally i i think that almost every nft is going to be free i think there's going to be trillions of them um and that um it's going to be hard to stand out in that market we're already kind of seeing that um and it's just getting started right we're not we, we haven't even in my opinion we haven't even hit the fad stage of nfts yet because they've been paywalled you know, they were like yep. 0.4 ETH or point, you know, or 7 ETH or something like that to mint them. So we haven't even seen um, adoption of NFTs. So when I think about it from Limit Break's perspective is, yeah, it's expensive and it's risky, technically, reputationally, very, very hard. 
this is it's extremely hard to do. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, when we if we when we pull this off, I, mean, I don't think there's another Web three company that could pull it off because of the Web two aspects involved are really extreme. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I I don't think we've seen the fad stage of NFTs yet, and the fad stage is going to be driven by free NFTs because the whole world's going to want one. They see board apes and they dream that the one that they're getting is the next one, right? So for oh. for Limit Break, we want to be the company that, like, my dream is that the world gets its first and free NFT from us, because they're gonna they're gonna get a thousand free NFTs in a couple of years, and they're not gonna remember their seven hundred, but they might remember their first. So that's so that's how I see it. It's a race essentially. It- it sounds like uh, we're we're joining that race, Gabe. Pretty excited about competing with you directly. Good thing we have the same lawyers, though. It turns out, apparently. But and and uh, the thing, the well, thing there's I not many gonna... to pick from. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, the the thing I was going to say. So I'm assuming as part of this, like in order in order to claim, you don't need a a crypto wallet in order to participate. That would be the first thing I, I want to specify. And that's well that's an assumption. Uh, yeah, that is an assumption because uh, we, in the beginning we thought about uh, this is you know, this is not easy to do. Most people won't have a wallet, right? And um, most people won't even know what an NFT even is. So, um, you know, if we it, first we thought about doing a pull app for like you know like ten million pull app or something like that, and I realized that um, if I did that, um, it would just kind of be worthless. Essentially, people would get there'd be a lot of dead ones. Not, not many people would even know what it is. They wouldn't even know they got a wallet because you'd have to do a custodial wallet to do it. The UI UX would be really hard to do. Um, so instead. Kind of how we how I thought how I thought about it is with board apes. Um, a lot of people know what board apes are. I mean, most people don't, obviously, but a lot a lot of people know what they are, and they still don't own an NFT. Um, but everybody who knows what they are, or almost everybody who knows what they are, wants one. So the approach I took was like, okay, let's only let's only have a ten thousand collection, um, and uh, only a few people will get them. And uh, the people who don't get one, most won't care. They won't even look. But a lot of them, remember, it's like 100 million people. A lot of them will look and they'll say, well, what was this? And they'll look at our OpenSea. They'll look at the, at the volume. They'll look at the price. And they'll, they'll say to themselves, I could have got that for free. And ultimately, what we want is for those people to engage with Limit Break afterwards. Um, so how we see it is it's more about creating something of value, of scarcity, showing it to the world and having, you know, um, uh, the people who are interested, the few who will be interested say, man, I wish that I got one. Um, and I see that as just a growth process that throughout the world, because eventually everybody's got to, everybody's got to want one before they get a wallet, essentially. I, I agree. Quick question on this. I also see Frank has his hand raised, so I'm curious what his question is. But the the uh, how is that person going to identify that they missed out on something? Is it like they're going to sign up for an email or like what? What's the yeah. like? Uh, I mean, you'll see. But the majority of the problem is uh, the people who don't get one rather than people who do. So that that's what we spent the most time thinking about. Interesting. Okay, so that's where the the majority of the experience is is on the uh, the the free side, pretty much. Oh well, you you have to. Yeah, yeah. We, well, uh, I mean, you'll see. You guys are going to think it's funny, but um, you'll see. So, uh, like I said, it's it's more about like 
for it's more about the people who wanted one who wanted one and didn't get one and for us it's like okay how can limit break position itself as the company you want a free nft from because there's going to be so many free nfts by so many companies like that hundreds of thousands of them trillions of free nfts I don't believe you you know many people if any like paid mints will even be possible because there'll be so many free NFTs. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. how how do you become the one where it's like well okay I see NFTs everywhere I go I don't care anymore but I do care if I if it's a limit break one. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get ahead of. Yeah, and it sounds like you are getting ahead of of it. So please Gabe, let us know the intricate details of how you're going to do that. <laughs> Well, you know, we're, we, it's only two days away, so I think you can. I think we can talk. <laughs> it's about a long it time. It's a long <laughs> time. It'd be better to hear about it right now, in my opinion. But you know, <laughs> yeah, and most people listening here, you know, like uh, doesn't account for the massive size of the audience that's about to drop with the Super Bowl. Uh, they don't even like pay attention to Twitter Spaces, not even aware of it, and there's no way that anybody, including the press, would even find out about it if you were to reveal such information on this show right here. I just feel like it seems like a perfect time and place. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frank, you've been patiently waiting. You got your hand raised. You got a big brain. Uh, and I've heard you, I think you made a co comparison last time you were on the show, which was an absolute jam, where you talked about like, we haven't seen the sort of Pokemon card, you know, the, the baseball card, like grab a pack of cards for like six bucks or however much those things cost now. With inflation, they're probably 20 bucks a pack now. But I remember when I was a kid, when I was a lad, you could buy a pack of Pokemon cards for a few bucks and you would see which ones you got. Um, I'm curious if you have any comments on what Gabe's talking about or, or you know, what prompted you to raise your hand. And maybe you can pry out of him what his plans are for Sunday. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just think that after Sunday, we're going to be referring to them as GFTs going forward, get Gabe fungible <laughs> tokens or GNFTs. I mean, I, I just want to lay out from my perspective why I think this is a really smart plan. Basically, I think Gabe wants to keep doing free NFTs clearly based on the infinity tweets this man makes about free NFTs and then using the Super Bowl to just literally multiply the audience that he has now is going to create more demand for the new NFTs that he drops. And I'm very happy to be a Digidaigaku holder at this time uh, before, you know, pre-GFTs. Uh, so yeah, I'm just very excited, man. And I don't think people are giving the man the fair shake here because I think he's about to do more for quote unquote making NFTs mainstream than any other project, maybe outside of Yuga Labs uh, coming into this Sunday. So I really, really, really want to see this be successful and uh, rooting for this all the way, as I think everyone else should be too, because it's literally a free NFT. Hopefully, there's a lot of people that get excited about it and it sparks a new conversation and brings a ton of liquidity into the space. So, man. Uh, I'm literally here in Miami. I'm staying an extra day so I can watch it with Gabe. I mean, so I can watch it with Luca uh, from Pudgy Penguins. We're going to watch it together and uh, try to mint one of these fucking things so I can retire early. Well, that's very cool. It sounds like Gabe's not invited to that Super Bowl party, so that's something to definitely take note of. Uh, and <laughs> Nick, go ahead. Oh, no, oh, right poor Gabe. Yeah, I know. No, I, Gabe I, can't come to my stupid me and Luca watching it in his living room. Um. I, before you uh, dive in, I see that you have another question, P.O. I just wanted to say, quick reminder, if you haven't registered, I, speaking of free NFTs, we have the biggest giveaway of all time. Some would compare it with the size of the Super Bowl, 
But unlike Gabe, who's giving away 10,000 free NFTs, we're giving away a more exclusive, more elite, more legitimate. I don't want to, I, you know, I don't want to like, uh, actually, I, I want to apologize for that last word, legitimate. It, it, Gabe's a pretty legit guy. <laughs> I'd say that we're actually. You should apologize uh, for this whole show. I, I, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say we're on a this is wild. Field. Uh, and what I was going to say is you can go to the nifty.com, T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com. Pin to the top. Pin to the Pin top. Pin to the top. All you got to do is scroll to the top, click on it, enter your email, confirm your email, and you're going to be registered for an attempt to win today's free portal, currently valued at around $400 a piece. Um, as, and they'll continue to be valued at that as long as I keep sweeping the floor. Uh, in terms of... Uh, uh, my manipulation of our project, though, that's less relevant. Instead, you should go check it out at the nifty.com, T H E N I F T Y.com. Pio, you have a question. And then I also uh, just wanted to say G Gabe has quite the head start against us here, Pio. <laughs> you know, seven plus million dollars on a, um, on a Super Bowl ad, uh, over half a million Twitter followers because he keeps doing this dang retweet <laughs> and like thing. And we're just like, so he's got it. He's got a head start. I'm just trying to figure out if we're going to get Yeah, I mean, you know, Gabe's got a head start, Nick. But, the, you know, that's kind of the glass half full uh, perspective on it. If you kind of oh look God, at it. He's the, 800,000 now. This it, is ridiculous. He's got 800,000 <laughs> followers and that's more than us. He's got a Super Bowl ad. That's a pretty strong thing to have. But when you think about it, let's say the Super Bowl ad just crashes and burns and zero people mint the free NFTs, which is it's a genuine possibility. A lot of people are going to be saying, oh, wow, that wasn't a good move, Gabe. Oh, wow, Gabe crash and burn. So that's going to be a tough one. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, come on now. People. No, it's true. You know, uh, <laughs> listen, like the NFT space is really brutal. People love it when you fail in NFTs, right? Like it's like their favorite thing. It's like mostly 40 year old guys. They don't understand stocks, so they trade pictures instead. They can't read 10Ks, so they like vibes, right? They're vibe traders. They're mostly high. They're on spaces. They're on drugs. <laughs> they're drunk. Like not like 90 percent of the people on spaces are like high out of their minds. It doesn't make any sense. But listen, I get it. Like, I get it. It's funny to watch people fail, but you guys, you should be praying for us. You should love us. We're of course. trying to make, I, we're trying to get NFTs to the next level. We are trying. We're putting, we're putting our necks out. Like, we're sticking our necks out. Yeah, we might get hurt for it. Yeah, it might, it might be painful. We know the risk going into it. It's tough, man. You don't think I'm, nobody's looking forward to Monday more than me. Okay, like yeah. nobody. I can't wait until this is over. I'm excited about it, but I cannot wait until it's over. It's very, it's very hard. Gabe, I'm uh, it's just a lot more fun when you're rooting for Gabe. I, Absolutely, I, everyone that was fading Gabe for you know when he started getting a lot of followers. I just looked at it and I was like, you know what? I'm rooting for it. Gabe would make fun well, of me. Well, look, okay. like we, we, he said, we Frank, you only want to talk to me now that I have so much of clout. I was like, That's no, true. sir, you don't understand. I'm just, uh, I'm That's rooting true. for you, man. I want to see, I want to see the fucking dragons flip board apes on day one. No, why would you say that? <laughs> well, I mean, most of that was actually probably as long true. as I meant it. If I don't, though, Gabe, then you know, I'm, you know, I'm fading on the timeline. You know, I'm, I'm aping Bitcoin. I'm doing whatever else I got to do just to cope. But uh, if I meant one, dude, let's fucking go. We're riding. You go who? 
Let's go. No, no, no. Yeah, I have the tweet thread already written up the draft for when I'm not able to mint the free mint on why there was, uh, you know, there's a lot of racist propaganda built into the collection. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, All right. Anyway, signal as their hand raised. Signal. You guys are wild today morning. You're you're talking about sweeping his own floors. P.O. is calling allusions to racism. This is. This is real, a different. Real quick, you guys got, we're going to get on this. Just one second. Everything changes. <laughs> Just a second, Frank. Frank go ahead, Nick. We're, we're going to get there in a sec, but uh, and and we will touch on racism. That's an important part of this show. Uh, but signal. Uh, let's have uh, you go first, and then uh, we'll get to Gabe's thoughts on uh, sort of the current state of racism in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, <laughs> Gabe. Uh, this will be the first time ever I'm going to watch the NFL uh, and it's not because I want to see who is the musician at the halftime so uh, you've managed to make someone in Europe stay up very late for this but I've got a question how can people who are not in the United States get uh, the US ads because I'm hearing that if you get the NFL pass there's a considerable delay between what's happening on TV and what's happening online. Well there's a delay in the United States as well Um, you know the 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 I, I'm not sure how the thanks for Janet of, Jackson of, of the video. Yeah, exactly. It's exact, that's exactly actually exactly right. Um, but there's also just distribution of the video feed. Um, you know, it's got to travel from wherever it's being distributed to wherever you are, and there's physical space in the way. Television ha- television hasn't uh, overcome physics yet, so there's like a uh, 45 up to 45 second delay depending on where you are, just in the U.S. So. It's uh, hard to do it. Well, e- even the show itself is not real. Like nothing's real time. Real time is kind of there's always delay in everything. So it's, it's well that forty five second. That that sounds like where do we need to be situated then uh, with the fiber in order to uh, get the real time feed? Uh, you know, the Fox broadcast room is probably the best. <laughs> best place to be. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I could I could definitely see that. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen in the audience, little emoji question here. Thumbs up if you're tuning into the Super Bowl this weekend. Thumbs down if you're just if you're not about it, if you're not gonna pay attention to the Super Bowl or football and, and all that American culture I stuff. Wrote that in there. <laughs> I said thumbs down if you hate the Super Bowl, football, and all that American culture stands for. Yeah, I see you know? I see our guy Eddie uh dancing Eddie thumbs up and he's watching it. Coin up BTC, he's watching it. Esquire, he's watching it. Uh, I know he works in the MMA business, so it's a big weekend for, for down, MMA if, too. If you thumbs down, you're racist. Papa Joe. <laughs> um, so, so Gabe, you know, when you think about this free NFT initiative that you have, and you've been on this for a while, you know, the whole free own thing, and you're kind of the first person that was pushing it, and and I, I totally buy in with you. Um, you know, one thing that I've been talking about is I've been talking about the future of NFTs, you know, being integrated in things like video games, which is obviously the business that you come from, and the idea that everybody, you know, will have the option to start playing a game. On day one, they'll get a batch of NFTs, you know, an NFT for your sword, an NFT for your helmet, an NFT for your armor, an NFT for your boots, right? And they're all free, so there's naturally no expectation of being able to sell them because someone else would be able to just make an account and get the same batch of free NFTs, right? But then as you play the game, as you complete hard-to-complete quests or, you know, things that require skill or things that uh, have chance involved, let's say some kid, some 15-year-old kid, 
wins a sword because he completed a challenging quest. And a lot of people want that sword because it's really hard to get. And he didn't have to spend any money to get it. He just had skills or had luck. And that was how he got it. And then he can sell that sword for $2,000 or something like that, you know, for playing a game that was maybe even free to play in the first place, like totally free. Is that a realistic scenario? Or am I thinking about these things the wrong way? And then I also want to throw to kicks uh, for the next question. But Gabe, please go ahead. No, that's exactly right. Um, it, you're seeing that. I mean, essentially, we're trying to replicate that on the Super Bowl itself, right? Um, you have 100 million people participating in the same event. You know, a, a large percentage of them will scan. It's essentially a race, a contest. Some people will win. And, you know, most people, I mean, obviously, you have to think about the people who don't get it. But some people are going to get it. You know, and I think that that story on the next day about the people who did, because there's going to be a lot of random people who get it. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty amazing story. And that, and that's the story that makes all the people who missed it wish they didn't, right? Um, and it's the same in the game. Like you have in-game events. They're going to have a special NFT as a prize. The engagement's going to go way up. The number of people participating is going to go way up. And uh, every game is going to be forced to do it because the gamers will demand it. But um, to, just to summarize, you know, why, why do I do free NFTs? The, the math is really simple. It, um, at Machine Zone, I was spending roughly five, uh, five, six hundred million a year on marketing. Um, about 80% of that on digital marketing, we were buying 130 billion impressions a month, targeting men only and no China. So basically for four years straight, every single male that had a mobile phone on earth saw our ad twice a day for four years straight. Um, and including buying television in 62 countries and all of this to generate essentially half a billion downloads. And um, uh, if you think about it, like the, the math, you could just use some, it's not exact math, but you could use some simple math. For every hundred million downloads you get, you make a billion dollars. It's just like, you know, just think of it that way. You probably make more to be honest, but, but hundred million downloads, you make a billion dollars. So, that's that's how I look at it. It's like, well, I need a hundred million downloads, right? So, um, I think free NFTs are going to excite way more than a hundred million people. But it's just a question of whether the brand around that is strong enough to make people that many people excited, and, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. So, I have so many questions about the math that you just threw out there, as well as just the the logic of what you're thinking about when you when you think of gaming right now. Uh, but so there's two separate questions. One is so d it, basically, it sounds like your acquisition cost was a dollar per user, or that was per year. So you did got a half a billion downloads. Oh, that was downloads. per year. No, so uh, okay. Like in 2000, the reason why mobile was so big in 2013 is because all like Facebook and YouTube and whatever opened up yeah. their ad platforms. That's why. So there wasn't any competition. This is why you have Clash of Clans, Candy Crush, and Game of War, because uh, cost per install back then. Like when I launched Game of War in 2013, cost per install was like 30 cents. And my break even was in less than a day. So I could just essentially buy. I mean, I, I was trying to give them more money and they wouldn't take it. Um, wow. Now, because of ATT changes, Apple changes to IDFA and so on and so forth, that same install is around $60. Wow. Yeah. So it's the, 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 Maybe more, to be honest, for a game like Game of War. It might, might even be close to $100 at this point. 
for free. Now that's a cost per download for a free game, by the way. <laughs> so like a developer's paying a hundred bucks, especially at scale. At scale, if you're trying to buy, if you're trying to buy ten million installs a month for a game like that right now, it might even be like a thousand dollars to do it. So um, you need a new way and. I, that's that's when I say free to own. It's like, well, I actually think I figured it out. You know, I've been doing this for 24 years. I in the gaming business, I did free to play for uh, you know 11, and and I I pretty much like conquered that on mobile. We had three number one worldwide top grossing games. We did like five billion dollars in revenue, and uh, so I look at it. I know it. I know what the hardest part about all of this is, and it's not making money. That's not the hardest part. You know, NFTs are not the hard, hardest part. None of that stuff is hard. What's hard is getting people to care. That's, that's what's hard. Getting people to download it, getting people to even know what it is. It costs it, it's essentially an infinite amount of money to do that. So at the end of the day, my, my, my job is like, well, how do I get a billion downloads? Because if I do that, we'll be one of the biggest gaming companies on earth. So that, that's how I see it. And so uh, your path there is basically, and, and maybe the, the simple way of saying this is it sounds like essentially uh, it's harder, the cost to download, well, download is a higher friction. It's, it's just a higher commitment. And also the simple math that you were talking about there is essentially the payback period on your investment has gone from less than a day to somewhere around a year or so, basically. And it sounds like most businesses Typically, if you're even at a one-year payback period, a lot of people will provide you with capital in order to fund that sort of thing. But the but the hurdle is way higher. Well, what you're saying what it is, is, if you're like a magazine subscription, yes. If you're a video game, it's uh, you know twelve months is a long time. Got it. And so, um, what you're trying to do is reduce that cost by getting people with something for free, which may have lower friction. When you think of gaming, and this is kind of what I'm getting uh, getting at, is are well, that's why free games exist, right? It's to lower the friction. So now you're taking the in-game items that people normally pay for and you're making those free too. Except we've decoupled those out of the game. There, you, you could never separate the in-game economy from the game itself before. Like you would download uh, the game because the game would contain the economy, right? Well, because of Ethereum... We've got the game is now decentralized from the game economy is now decentralized from the game itself. So you don't have to just give the way away the game for free. You essentially you had to give the game away for free if you wanted people to participate in the economy before. Now you can give away the economy and the game for free. Well, not the whole economy, but you get my point. Like you can give away parts of it. And I think that's actually that's when I say free to own versus free to play. Free to play means I can download the game and play it free. Free to own is I can own it before I even play it. Um, and that, that's the fundamental shift that happens with Ethereum and video games is that the economy is decoupled from the video game. Um, and that's a very powerful – If you, I, th I think people understand that because they trade it on Ethereum. But I don't think they understand like all of the implications because the implications aren't just trading. Um, there's also marketing implications and more. And we're, and we're exposing that and people are seeing the success of my account and whatever. It's, it's just, yeah, because I understand, you know, I understand video games. I, I've made billions selling virtual items. So I look at these things like, well, I used to have players that spent, you know, hundred K a million dollars, more than a million dollars. So I look at a board ape and I say, well, that's not a lot of money. I, I've seen people spend way more than this. That's for sure. Like way more than a crypto punk or whatever. 
So I say, well, I mean, if gamers are willing to spend millions of dollars on games, you know, that's because they want this stuff. So if my problem is marketing, then why wouldn't I just give them the stuff? It, which, which makes a ton of sense. And, uh, and the thing I was going to get at there is essentially there's some, and we're going to see on Sunday what your version of, I guess, uh, the, the first free thing that you get is in terms of like how, how frictionless you can get that and how you end up getting that information. But are you still focused on when it comes to the gaming side of things on mobile gaming specifically? A hundred percent. Yeah. Because at, when we started, we were going to do mobile and we looked at the Axie because Axie has a, a sideloaded Android version of Axie Infinity and 80% of their daily traffic is on that version. And, I, and nobody talks about it. I don't know why, but like Axie's was always a mobile game, basically. So I saw that and I thought, okay, well, I guess I got to do a sideload version or something. That's essentially how we thought we were going to do things. And then Apple said, oh, you can have NFTs on, in your games now. And they put a bunch of restrictions, but they didn't say anything about free NFTs. So I'm thinking, oh, well, okay, now I can have NFTs on the iPhone. I can have wallets. I can have NFTs in games and I can give them away for free. We're good to go, right? So mobile, mobiles, if you, if you want to onboard the world to NFTs, you have to do mobile and it's possible now. It's not ideal. You can't have marketplaces, whatever. I mean, you can, but there are a lot of friction, but, um, it's it's not ideal, but it's possible. And I'm always looking for that edge of like, how can I get this game into people's hands? You know, 99% of games fail, and a, uh, almost 100% of them fail because nobody downloads them. That's always your biggest problem as a developer. Yeah, uh, and and it, I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of experience with user acquisition, and your Twitter account demonstrates that. We have a couple hands raised before we dive into those questions. Quick reminder. Today's sponsor is us, the greatest company ever. And second is <laughs> Limit Break. Company, Limit Break. Very comparable. We have similar experience. I've managed ad budgets of thousands of dollars. He's managed ad, bu ad budgets of billions of dollars, <laughs> one and the same. Uh, but that doesn't make our performance any less notable. Head over to the nifty.com, T H E N I F T Y.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and we're giving away three portals today, currently valued at uh, $400 until we continue saturating the market and it moves in Gabe's mind. Eventually near, we all go to zero. So <laughs> I, I think that's about as bullish as you can get. Uh, thanks to Gabe saturating the market and everybody else who's going to be uh, fast following and fast participating because there is a race right now that I completely agree with and it's going to be exploited to the t uh, like to the extreme by marketers worldwide. In the interim, before that happens, we're going to take maximum advantage of it. And the way that we're doing that is by giving you some of those NFTs at the nifty.com. T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com. Go sign up. Get on the newsletter. Let's dive into it's, some of these questions. It's, it's pinned to the top. Uh, Kix has had his hand raised. Kix is the CEO of a gaming company in his own right. Kix, you have a question for Gabe? Yes. What's up, Gabe? Uh, Gabe, you the What's man. Okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, I was at the arcade a few days ago. My kid won a dragon out of a game. So feeling pretty lucky this Sunday, just had a quick question for you because I think there's going to be a ton of people, ton of FOMO and excitement and energy around, uh, your drop on Sunday during the Super Bowl. And I'm sure there's, you know, some bad actors that are going to try to take advantage of it. I'm paranoid when it comes to 
getting things could you i like not obviously not the url but like what website like should i expect the url to be right you know is it going to be like limitbreak.com <laughs> i am not, i cannot share that like look look it, uh yeah i don't want to i don't want to go down this too far but um uh you know it's not just people wishing you were fail there's always a few uh, people out there who make you fail right so um true with like ddos uh, and stuff like that maybe a better question is when when we do the qr code like we can just use a new wallet or how does the drop process work uh we, we we've been purposely really quiet about that because um you know like the, the the challenge of this kind of a project is that everything's over in one minute you know like literally well you know it'll, it'll kind of like that's what she said the scale yeah exactly the scale the scale of it is like two hours basically because i've done this is my third super bowl commercial um but the in terms of like coinbase had 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 50 million no, no 20 million visitors in the first 60 seconds Right. So if you think about like just, you know, all the infrastructure you need to stand, stand up for that, uh, it's non-trivial. Um, and they went down. I mean, they, they went down because of their sign-up process, not because of the website. Like the website website's a lot easier to run than a sign-up flow and KYC and all the stuff that they were doing. Um, but, but uh, yeah, so we're really cagey about all that right now because uh, we just have to survive. No, that, that's fine. So I guess the, the thing to take away is don't trust any leaks like links you see on Twitter or anything like no, that. Just no, use no, the yeah, QR yeah. code. Yeah, just look at my account. Look at the QR code, uh, the Digi account. Um, yes, it'll be – there's like the Web 2 side of things, um, and then there's the Web 2, 3 side, the scammers. This is a big problem with free NFTs. This, nobody talks about this is that – I do think it's going to be insane FOMO around free NFTs over the next two to three years. Agreed. And, um, uh, you know, it's going to, it takes a while before everybody on earth gets their free NFT, their first free NFT, you know, after their thousandth, they won't really care as much, but, um, but we've got like two or three years of just ridiculous growth. Uh, and it's going to create tremendous opportunities for hackers because most of these people will have no clue about web three or web three, you know, culture or not to sign things and whatever. Um, so it, that's going to be a huge challenge. Uh, that's, that's the biggest problem with web three is that, uh, the, the scammers are, are, are they're going to multiply as more and more people come in. Uh, we got another hand raised node. What's going on? Good morning. Yeah, Gabe. So I've got a question more on the long term of things because every product, you know, every game kind of has its own life cycle. And now we're uh, introducing NFTs into the mix, which uh, th they don't disappear um, unless you want them to. How how do you kind of view uh, you know that dynamic playing into games long term? Like, are for example, are you worried about in four in four years? You know, you've got like all these people that that bought these NFTs at the top screaming at you. Uh, how do you kind of think about those holders versus just people playing your game? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I um we've already seen sort of the uh the beginnings of a solution to that problem because when, when the, the 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 buyers basically demand that the uh developers never make a new project, right? <laughs> like you make a new project at all, they feel like, "Oh, you you know, if you work on anything, and like if you go to sleep, it's you're not working on the project." Um so in a way that kind of um 
locks the developer into the universe that they're in. Um, you know, Frank was did a great job of kind of like branching out with Utes, but it's he'll tell you he probably got a lot of, a lot of crap for even trying to do that. But um, yeah, so I think for us, like we focus on like anime, and we have a story and a world that we're building that we think will work on a lot of different games. Um, uh, but yeah, we already saw this with we did a collaboration with Etherworks, and you know Etherworks was a the, the developer team, really talented team. But they all had full t- full time jobs, you know. What their, their, they they did it for fun on the side, and they just couldn't make any money anymore because of the royalty uh, zero royalty thing that happened to all the developers, and so they just couldn't justify all the time that they were spending on their free time working on the game. So that they're they're kind of open source, CC zero, whatever. But then we had a bunch of people scream at us. You <laughs> we were like. You know, you made an NFT for Etherworks. It just shows that you're not a good partner. You know, these are people who bought it, right? We're not good partners because they, you know, they're sh- you know they're having to work their full time job or whatever, and you know, and it was just totally unreasonable, right? Um, but that's just the way they are. So it doesn't matter whether it's reasonable or not; they do it anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a big problem, a challenging problem. Uh, but there's there's a lot of solutions for it. Like if if you think about just game economies in general, you know there's no rules for them, so you could always recycle old stuff, and you could have a plan for all these things. Uh, well, uh, it, it sounds like we have exciting plans here for the uh, future of free NFTs. I don't want to comment on our own plans. Maybe we're not even doing anything in that space, but we're uh, we're all competing for the same space and same attention, Gabe. And I'm glad for one to be losing to you right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Gabe, real quick. I have a question. So you brought up the idea and I agree with you. I'm like Mr. No paywalls. I think that the instinct of a lot of participants in the NFT space is the moment they have the ability to sell something in order to paywall Quite frankly, anything they just will. Um, Have any examples of that, PO? Maybe recently that may be happening. Yeah, a guy just like literally did that like yesterday. I'm not gonna like name him. I'm not going to name them, but anyway. Um, so, but Gabe, you do have expensive NFTs in your ecosystem. Like, if I want to go and buy the Genesis Digidai Gaku, you know, I got to spend five figures on it, right? And so, uh, like. Where do you see that whole thing going? Um, obviously, you don't have that many, which is definitely in your favor. But I'm curious, since you're so big on free and it seems like you've really thought this out for the future, where does like the Digidaigaku high-end NFT uh, you know, collection go? Well, NFT, NFT value until there's, until there's utility, right? Um, and we have a game, so there'll be use cases for all these things, but Mm. NFT value is inversely correlated to the amount of attention that it gets. Um, So if uh, you know, you have a limited, the whole point of NFTs is that they're limited and non-fungible. They're illiquid by nature. That's why you only make a few thousand of them. Uh, Like you're purposely trying to make something that's illiquid, hard to get small, exclusive uh, and all those things. So, um, you know, how I see it is like, well, I've got, I basically, you know, we've released eight collections in six months. We've only been live for six months now. We've done eight. Collect- Has anybody done that? Really? Like, I, I, we're, we're doing a lot of things that people haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, but if you look at, if you look at it, there's only like three main parts of the collection, the Genesis, the heroes and the supervillains. 
And the total, the total um, uh, collection size for that is around like 5,000. It's basically a third of the size of Utes. So if you, if you look at what we've been able to accomplish by releasing essentially very little, but it looks like we're very, fre very frequently, um, uh, we've done a really good job of managing all that. Definitely better than anybody expected when they thought of like dilution or whatever. But dilution is relative to the number of people involved. So um, how I see it is like, you know, Genesis, which is our, you know, most, you know, our first Genesis, you know, best collection, whatever. Um, you know, if I can get a hundred million players and, uh, you know, 2000 players that are willing to, to buy that is, uh, honestly, it's a pretty trivial. Um, so I don't, I don't really think about it like that. Cause it's not like I, I had, I I've seen games where people play, spend like $8 million in games. So it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of like scale essentially. Sorry, where one individual spends $8 million in a game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Damn. fifty grand, fifty thousand a day, every day. That that's that. Those are the uh, whales. I remember that was a whole conversation. Well, yeah, that's what that's what I like. Yeah. I look at NFTs. I, everybody's like shocked, right? They look at oh my god, you know, someone just spent you know three hundred thousand. And I, anybody that's worked in free to play and had any kind of success, especially in hardcore games, they look at it and just kind of shrug their shoulders. They're like, well, people have been doing this for twenty years. Like, this is not new. What's new about it is that it's public, that you can see it. Um, but it's going on in games every single day. This is not new behavior at all. And it's, it's not common, obviously, but it's also like not something that people really even react to anymore because it happens so frequently. And it'll be fun to see it when it's public. And when someone's playing Digidai Gaku spending 50K a day on assets that on, and it's well, public on the I mean, blockchain. Yeah, like what I think about when it comes related to this stuff is that um, investor, flipper, well, particularly flipper type people, these are like not good for your audience. And that's the main criticism of free to own right now because people go, well, the only people that get them are, are flippers. Well, yeah, because these are like hardcore traders mostly. That's who's left, right? So, um, but as we expand, there's just going to be a lot of people that don't even know to flip it and they just like it or whatever. And, um, they want to play the game. So hopefully what, what every game developer, you know, uh, does or has happened when, when they, when their game launches is that the NFTs kind of naturally transfer from the flipper to the player. And then once the player has them, they're going to have a much more emotional tie to them because it's with their clan and whatever, all these reasons of why they even spend the money in the first place and flipping it won't be their top priority anymore because you got to remember like, in web two free to play, people are spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on stuff they can't sell. You know, they're literally just buying it for the uh, enjoyment. That will be the case for NFTs as well. It's kind of hard to comprehend right now because I do think there were a lot of those people too, and they just got burned and whatever. But as we get out of the trading class and go into the gaming gamers, there's going to be a lot of people who are just like, well, yeah, I could sell it, but I don't want to because I play the game every day. So um, that that's the ideal scenario for any game developer working at NFTs. Yeah, I could totally see that. You get that emotional attachment, and it's a an asset that, again, is it's on a blockchain. It's on a public ledger. That's going to be fascinating You know, once that actually comes comes to life. Easy had his well, hand raised. Uh, the real quick, but, but 
right before, I was just going to say the one missing attribute here is a rewards program so I can get money back on, uh, I'm assuming if you bought it in in-game in an app, you could put it on a credit card and then get some frequent flyer miles from that. <laughs> now I'm flipping this damn thing on OpenSea and no one's giving me any rewards other than price go down. So maybe Easy can talk about that. <laughs> easy, you're muted. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I wasn't sure if it was my time yet. I wasn't sure if Nick was done there. Oh, but, okay. Sorry. I just had to, just had to see. No, so I mean, the, one of the questions that a lot of people have been asking is like the crypto ban for Super Bowl commercials. So I'm just curious, like we haven't asked that. I was curious how oh. Digi's oh, that's ad it. is I able mean, to. Oh man, that's been quite the adventure. Um, we went to Fox in August with the attitude that, hey, this is what we want to do and we don't think they're going to let us do it. <laughs> like we'll buy the ad if you let us do this. And we were more skeptical of them letting us do this than they were of the project. That's for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, FTX blew up, but that was after we signed all the contracts and stuff like, and we were very explicit, like, this is what we're buying the ad for. This is why we're buying the ad. So on and so forth. Um, but it, it hasn't been easy, but our, our commercial was approved. So, uh, but it's been a lot of back and forth because we're entering in, you know, normie world. Um, mm -hmm. And they don't even, they don't know what any of this stuff even is. You know, they have no idea what anything, an NFT is, how they work, collection sizes, like nothing. So it has not been easy. But I do think if we're successful on Sunday um, and the results are good, uh, that you'll see, I mean, think about it, like you can just watch TV now and get a digital asset. That's insane if you think about it from a marketing perspective. They're just sitting there. Their QR code comes up. They scan it. Now the marketer has attribution. They have somebody who owns one of your assets. They can kind of see what they're doing with them. The person who gets it's excited. They don't necessarily even know what they just got, but they hope it's something. And uh, I could see next fall this becoming not normal, but I think you could see it very frequently next fall um, because the ad agencies are going to say, okay, well, this is performant. This works. How about we do this? Um, so I, I, I think the future of television, the future of screens is, is offering NFTs. Like every screen you see is going to offer you an NFT for a while. And um, I think it's exciting change to television just in general. And, and people have already come up with some pretty wild ideas on how you could do interactive television shows with NFTs and stuff. Like, and it's, it's all possible. Like all of this stuff is possible. Just somebody needs to do it, you know. Um, someone needs to do it at least once. So ho hopefully, hopefully uh, that's us. I well, I think there's going to be multiple people that are pulling it off uh, inevitably, and uh, and ultimately, I mean, I think there's also just like uh, uh, determine like there's there's the creative and there's other attributes. But you you said something that really uh, stuck with me, which is also what Pio and I were discussing yesterday. Is it really? At the end of the day, all of the NFT value is proportional to the amount of attention that uh, they're getting uh, at this moment in time. And so really, the, real, the, like, the question is, execution in this space has not been, I'm building a business, or although it is part, a major part of it, but I'm building an effective marketing campaign, essentially, around these assets that we're, well, that yeah, we're developing. Well, yeah, the floor price is their marketing, right? And I, yeah. it's like, like they, like their, their future collection is based off the success of their previous collections for, for price essentially. And, um, uh, that, that, but that's because 
that's because we don't have like a circular economy. It's sort of one way. And how people judge whether the, con the, the project's going to be successful or not is how much energy is around that project, right? So they go, well, there's a lot of energy, a lot of chitter chatter, you know, Twitter's moving. Like, okay, I think the floor price is going to go up. That's, that's what, you know, that's what Frank did so well. Frank did it better than, than anybody. But if you have a game, you don't have to, I mean, and I'm, I'm going to be really excited when we get to this stage, but problem as much anymore because now you have a circular economy where like people actually want to buy and own this stuff rather than just try to make money on it. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's where I think games kind of really separate themselves from the rest of the NFT market and really take it over because then they have like a real engine that can grow all of this stuff rather than just like try to get attention on Twitter, which is how the, how the market runs right now. But it's more of like a V point, you know, 0.1 version of the market. It's like, well, they don't have like complex software yet. They only have NFTs, but um, check it out. Like they have an audience and if they limit the collection size and their audience is bigger than their collection size, then, then, they, then they have value. So, um, you know, that's essentially how it's worked so far, but it, it won't stay that way. I, I totally agree. I mean, we, we act like Twitter is the end-all be-all, but in reality, out of the major social media platforms, Twitter doesn't even have the biggest audience. And then our little echo chamber here on Twitter, it actually it has impact when the space is small, but once the space gets big, it actually doesn't matter. Um, I want to throw to Kix in a second, uh, CEO of a gaming company in his own right. Real quick, last reminder, ladies and gentlemen, before we do the giveaway, we're giving away three portal NFTs, all right? So that's $400 value with liquidity. Most NFTs are illiquid. This is a liquid NFT. The tweet is pinned to the top. You can sign up at the nifty.com. T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com. Subscribe. If you're already subscribed, you're going to be considered as well. So you don't have to unsubscribe and resubscribe. T-H-E-N-I-F-T-Y.com. It's the last time we're mentioning it before we draw the winners. Kicks. what's your question for Gabe? Yeah, Gabe. So, um, uh, I, I know of course, like, you know, the, the big push you're doing is like free NFTs, but you know, maybe in your game, like there are some upgrades or something like that. And then this question also applies to like the whole secondary market. But like when we're thinking about going mass market here, wh what are your thoughts on like things being priced in ETH versus like USDC? Do you think that adds like an additional layer of complexity for, you know, the normal people out there? How are you kind of approaching that? Well, um, you know, like out of the $120 billion a year that happens in free to play, right now, um, a majority of it goes to buying virtual currency, right? Um, uh, like in-game gold, diamonds, whatever gem. And uh, the uh, Ethereum is kind of no different than that, other than the, all of the KYC problems and all of that, which is not like trivial. It's obviously a really big deal. But I don't, I, I personally like Ethereum better because um, I see, uh, and this is funny because I really wanted to talk about ordinals today, um, but, uh, um, uh, Ethereum is a luxury chain. It's a it's luxury block space, and um, the the reason why people like Ethereum NFTs is because they have the most expensive NFTs. That's essentially what drives the entire space. Um, and, there, and so why why Ordinals is so interesting is the first chain to challenge NFT challenge ETH in the terms of luxury block space. And uh, it's what's what's been really amazing to me over the past. Uh, uh, year, I'm oh, sorry, not year, sorry, past week or two, <laughs> apologize, um, is that um, uh, 
Ethereum NFT people have been sounding like Solana people all of a sudden. <laughs> like they're like, well, you don't have smart contracts. Like it's cheaper. Like they're going about the features. Like they, they, they're 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 like comparing blockchains on the feature base, not on what matters actually, which is the price. And they know they're already. It's interesting how quickly uh, Bitcoin is overtaking. But uh, Ethereum in terms of like the luxury NFT. So it's kind of causing a lot of panic in the ETH space because now people are wondering like, wait a minute, do I have the wrong pump? I thought I had the right one. It was the one on Ethereum. It's like, maybe I have the wrong one. It's causing a lot of like, like an existential crisis that maybe they Whoa. don't have the NFT. The, the luxury NFT. Were, were you calling out Nick with that specific no, comment? He's calling out the fact that Bitcoin's the best chain. Well, no. So why no, would no, you want to have the NFTs on Bitcoin? I'll, I'll bring it. I'll, not not the best chain. I'll, I'll say it very simply because I'm a video game guy. Remember, I, I'm a video game guy. Remember, so like a free to play guy. That's what I, I'm a free to play, not a video game. A free to play guy. So I'm used to dealing with whales and all that stuff. Bitcoin is a vast ocean in comparison to Ethereum. And the whales on Bitcoin are Jurassic in comparison to Ethereum whales. They, they might be 10x bigger. Um, so when you see like six Bitcoin, 50 Bitcoin, that's not a lot for these people. And so these prices are supported by people with a ton of Bitcoin who don't really care about, you know, and, and you got to remember, like a majority of the NFT space, the current NFT space is driven by people who got the L1 currency cheap. Yep. Right. They got Ethereum cheap. Now we're dealing with people who got Bitcoin cheap. <laughs> Let's go. Right. Like they got Bitcoin cheap. So when they spend 10 Bitcoin, they're like, I don't know. This only cost me a thousand dollars. Like, I don't know. Uh, like a bit. <laughs> so, so like the whale depth on Bitcoin is tremendous in comparison to ETH. And it's the only chain that actually has more whale, like a lot more whale than ETH. So like soul punks never, never, uh, 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 never really competed against the luxury status of ETH punks. And it never, it just never did. It, it was never even close, but we see Bitcoin punks. And then all of a sudden they're selling for like more. And they say, well, it's a fad. It's like, but wait a minute, they sold for more. Like you can't just well, dismiss that, right? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. Sorry, Nick, you go ahead. Like, I just want to qualify something on the quote uh, Bitcoin punks. But Pio's like rolling his eyes over here because he can't, like, literally, uh, uh, he can't handle the anything uh, about Bitcoin without um, having a convulsion. Uh, but well, look, uh, I, I just of, like forget about like whether they're the same kind of NFT because they're not right. Like. It's much harder on Bitcoin. Yeah, they're better on Bitcoin. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Well, no, no, <laughs> it's it's no. The market is is thicker. It's bigger. There's more liquidity. There's more whales. Like way more whales. Like a lot more whales. So you're seeing those whales kind of like splash around, right? And the Ethereum people are going like, wait a minute. Like we've never. There's been a lot of derivative collections before, but this has not happened before. Which is true. It hasn't happened before. And it's just because so, these huge whales are making these, for them, like trivial purchases. I, I just want to exclusively talk about the CryptoPunk uh, NFTs on Bitcoin. Uh, I'm about to remove Pio from the stream for a moment because he's being so offensive right now. Uh, well, wait a in minute. terms of, like, do, do, you, do you disagree? Uh, 
Do you disagree so, that it's the first time that people are wondering, like, do I have the right punk? No, no, I don't no. think, dude. Because well, I think because it's the, the, I think it's hold, hold on for sure. Hold, hold on, let me finish the statement. The crypto punk founders created crypto punks and they made it on Ethereum. It's not like it's not like the Bitcoin mm. ones are created by by them. It's literally stolen art. Eh. Well, it's CC0, what you, isn't it? I thought it was like... Or no, it's not CC0. CryptoPunks are not CC0. Maybe the punk... Okay, take that example out. Fine, you win. I'll concede. But the, the, the my, my point still remains that it is an existential crisis if Ethereum loses its luxury status and becomes strictly about features. Because if it's only about features then you wouldn't develop on Ethereum. You would go to Solana, you would go to Polygon because that's easier and it's cheaper and whatever, whatever. The, the, the Ethereum is very hard to work on, but you deal with it because the best NFTs are on Ethereum. But if the best NFTs move to B Bitcoin, that is a huge problem for Ethereum. It's a well, massive I problem. I completely agree. Uh, the 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 ultimate barons are the people that own the gold mines, not the uh, people that bought a uh, piece of gold at a retail store. And uh, Ethereum enabled people to buy it at a, uh, a slightly more complicated retail store. But uh, inevitably, if you really want to make money, uh, you can uh, own the mine itself, and that's what you have to do in order to get on Bitcoin. Is literally build the infrastructure. Not for long. Around around. Okay. P P P P you, you're not even providing a balanced thing. You're just gushing for, for the moment anyone uh, says anything when positive Gio about Bitcoin. When sets up Bitcoin. a Bitcoin node, he'll understand the current situation. Here's my read on the situation. People have been trading their way up in ETH value for the past year or whatever, right? And then when they look, they go, uh-oh, are, are NFTs working on Bitcoin? And then when they do their conversion price process of doing the math between like how much ETH do I have versus how many Bitcoins can I get? That number looks really small in comparison to like what's happening. And then there's a fear like, did I just get priced out out of the luxury chain? You know, uh, uh, so I, I see that sort of effect happening. I, I get what you're saying. And I actually, I think a lot of us have interest in getting some of the Bitcoin uh, NFTs. Inevitably, the reality is, is what you've described and all the free NFTs essentially is that when NFTs become available everywhere and that it becomes ubiquitous, the real question is, is where do people value it the most? And yeah, you can and that, make an argument. That's what's interesting about Bitcoin because it's expensive and hard and slow to make an NFT. Yeah. So there's already there's, like built in. It's like it's, it's just it's got the same effect that Ethereum had with high gas fees, right? It's like, well, high gas fees are like the best thing ever, right? If it's That's actually what you want. I know people complain about it, but that just means there's so much demand and people just keep buying anyways and the gas price keeps going up. And yeah. now we're seeing the exact same thing on Bitcoin. They're like, wait a minute, our transaction fees are going up, the network's getting clogged. It's like, well, you know, that's the, you know, if you're going to look at something and say, well, gee, where should I invest my time and money? Like that would be the ultimate sign, like the ultimate signal that that's where you need to be. Well, you definitely have a position on this, uh, uh, and Pio uh, the, uh, agrees solely on the fact that you're using the word Bitcoin in your position. I'm going to take a slightly different one, which is that while I agree that Bitcoin NFTs have a ton of potential and could, in fact, usurp Ethereum as a, as a premium thing, there is a potential 
that uh, that we have yet to a see. A likelihood. And, and more importantly, well, there's a lot of things going against the PO, including the fact that literally every ma Bitcoin maxi hates the fact that the NFTs exist on their platform and would like them to get the hell off of the platform. They don't really matter, uh, though. And, uh, you could argue that, but uh, uh, the the reality is they they're pretty they, they won't like I, I we they won't care like uh, they, what they want is a lot of people using Bitcoin right and I've said what I started off the conversation saying how, what how will people get their first Ethereum they'll get a free NFT and I think that 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 will also happen with Bitcoin that that can also happen with Bitcoin and I, I guess the fundamental question is and maybe you're in like a we're definitely in some FOMO right now or whatever but. If people take two NFTs, and this is the, the, the real question, you take two NFTs, you don't know what they are, uh, they ju they're just blank, and they're going to reveal two weeks from now. One of them's on Ethereum and one of them's on Bitcoin. Which one do you take? You're taking the Bitcoin one, no, no doubt. And yes. uh, and well, I've been I've been talking I've been talking to developers about porting our whole NFT ecosystem over to Bitcoin. I haven't talked to Nick about it. We're seventy percent of the way there, I'd say okay, at this point. Okay. I got the brightest God. minds working on it. Um, Nick, should we draw the winner of the giveaway? I did. As I, your I, Ethereum I, CryptoPunks provenance slowly shrinks, okay. and the the orb, the gave, the gave fiery the fact that you're Pio uh, uh, is definitely enthusiastic about his opinions. They're not necessarily well <laughs> thought out, but I do appreciate the enthusiasm and energy that he brings to this show. Okay, so you have your hand raised. I want to give you one last opportunity to ask a question, uh, which is not based solely on emotion and conviction and uh, religious <laughs> zeal associated with with my uh, uh, fandom of Bitcoin. What are your What is your question, Kix? Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't be too worried about your CryptoPunk on Ethereum, but I do completely one hundred and ten percent agree with what how Gabe is looking at Bitcoin. Uh, in Bitcoin ordinals, because you can almost think that the value of an NFT ecosystem is a function of the value of the chain itself and the volume of the chain itself. And if you look at it that way, then it explains why we're seeing so much action on ordinals. If you flip the script and you said Bitcoin had NFTs and Ethereum didn't have NFTs and they were the same market cap and Ethereum just launched NFTs, would we see the same action and FOMO and volume? I think 100% yes. And there still is a long way to go, right? There's no marketplaces to trade. There's no technical smart contracts, but people are embedding HTML and JavaScript into inscriptions. And they think that those inscriptions may be able to interact with other inscriptions at some point in time, which would is not technically a full-on smart contract, but there's a lot of interesting stuff happening there. Matty DCL, one of my favorite uh, Ethereum traders of all time. I watched every one of his YouTube videos when I first got into this space in 2021. He would always talk about that he made his money trading uh, Decentraland in a Discord server in 2018 for like a year, right? And just hearing his story, it sounds exactly how uh, Bitcoin ordinals are operating right now. But just to quickly recap, if it's true that NFT volume is a function of the blockchain's overall volume, then uh, Bitcoin has the potential to be doing uh, tens of millions of dollars a day uh, in NFT volume. It may take some time to get there and some infrastructure to be built out. But I think you, I think uh, people can be massively bullish on Bitcoin ordinals. But you can also be patient and wait for really interesting yeah. things uh, to come along. Well, you know, Kicks, I think that's ab you're absolutely right. I agree with everything you just said. But there, the I think like the, a more targeted answer would be. 
how like how many whales got their their L1 currency cheaper like how much cheaper is it than what it, where it is in price now right because a lot of people don't spend their currency if they're down on it right they bought their currency at 69k and then now they're you know it's at 23 like are they going to spend it on an NFT you know maybe but if they got their currency at $1000 and it's at 23k and they see the arbitrage there and they get something rare and it's only 5 bitcoins and it doesn't really matter to them then yeah they're much more likely and if you look at the the two, I think there's way more of those people on Bitcoin than there are on Ethereum. So there's just a bigger engine to to drive all of this. Well, uh, one thing is for okay. certain, we 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 uh, operate this show Monday through Friday, independent of which blockchain the NFTs the are on. The show's going and, to Bitcoin, and, though. We're going to be running it off of BTC. Pio and I are literally going to have a boxing match called the Bitcoin <laughs> boxing match b based on the current emotion that I'm feeling right now uh, over this. It's whole not thing. my fault. Your and, punk no, went from being no, no. a six figure asset to basically okay, worthless okay. by the end of the show. You can't so, give that thing away. So uh, the, the reality is it, it's f all stolen art. So there is no provenance, no matter what <laughs> blockchain you put that thing on. But uh, Pio uh, wouldn't know that because he's not a fine collector of art. So anyways, we're going to uh, move on to the, uh, uh, end of the show, which is thank you for joining. If you didn't sign up at the newsletter, one quick reminder to do that. Who won? Look, uh, I, I don't want to read their email addresses. One, one's I'm a six six. The other is uh, the guy's name is Nick, and the other one is Jake Dykes. So those are the three people that ended up winning. Can't wait for um, all the people named Nick the, listening to the show to DM me and tell uh, me that they won. And then when I, I say I don't... got an email already from someone <laughs> asking me, so here's the deal. <laughs> Pio, you can just send it right to my address. My name's Nick. All I, all I was going to say is you're going to want to stay on that list for like, I don't know, call it at least two weeks and you'll see uh, what's coming from us. That's all I'm going to say there. Uh, we and, and here's the thing. You got better odds with whatever we drop because we're not doing a Super Bowl ad. Okay? No shade thrown, Gabe. <laughs> no shade thrown. But I'm just saying, you know, it, 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 this isn't a one in a hundred million chance that you got here or a 10,000 and a hundred million chance. This is uh, a, a very small exclusive group and we're proud and excited that you are part of that uh, group. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, thank you for joining today's episode and thanks to Gabe for coming on to talk about Bitcoin. Uh, his, his views of the future. His Bitcoin views may be completely off, but we still respect his business acumen and his ability to uh, launch uh, effective projects and build an audience and create attention, which is the name of the game here. We're all in that game. Uh, so well, I respect Nick, that. Uh, Nick, the Digi holders have a lot to look forward to with Bitcoin NFTs. I'll tell you that. There's going to be a lot of free Bitcoin NFTs coming from Limit Break. Wow. That's Damn, son. Where'd you find <laughs> You hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Like a lot of free NFTs fr from Bitcoin. A lot. Limit Gabriel Bitcoin. already had like 50 nodes set up, dude, just to hide like, mine. Well, office. I mean, like, like I said, I asked you the question. The answer is obvious. If you had two NFTs to pick from, you didn't know what they were. One's NFT, one's a Bitcoin. Which one do you pick? So I pick I pick Bitcoin because right now it would be worth 10x the price. Well, I mean, look, even, if it, even if it was a year from now and it all calms down, like which L1 currency do you want? 
Thank you, Gabe. Uh, I'm about all to these throw up hold, in my hold mouth. On. Get these people all, off the stage. Real quick, hey, let's real quick, wrap Nick. Up with Nick outro music, just PM. one thing. One thing, Nick, is that all the little NFT boys in the crowd are going to have to put on their big boy Bitcoin pants after okay. this show and get ready <laughs> yeah. to really party. Okay. No, you don't. You sponsors. just need to follow follow me on Twitter and wait for your. Chance at a free Bitcoin NFT. Oh my everybody. God! This <laughs> went. This took a hard all turn. You have to do is follow, retweet, and like this. Okay. Gabe goes grocery. You guys. Gabe goes to the grocery turn. store and gets a thousand followers, ladies and gentlemen. If Gabe, uh, right. Gabe's tying his shoes. Gabe steps in bubble gum, and it's like, oh, let me take that gum off. I just got a thousand followers, ladies and gentlemen. Gabe Laden, the CEO of Limit Break and Digidai Gaku, the former CEO of Machine Zone NFT. Look out for the Super Bowl commercial. I know all of you are. That ain't gonna be a Bitcoin NFT. I'm assuming. I mean, no, holy shit! Not. If it's, that was a Bitcoin, it's not. I, if if no it was three months. If this was, you know, if it would have come three months earlier, it would have been, but it's not. All right. It's Ethereum. Well, well, thanks so much for coming to the show, Gabe. This was a jam. Shout out to everybody that joined. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10, 15 a.m. Eastern time each and every week. Apologies. I just want to apologize uh-huh. to everyone that tuned in and, and, and likes ETH. I, I just want to apologize because this was so far well, off. Ladies Please. and gentlemen, we apologize for Absolutely nothing. This was a jam. Uh, the show is also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The simulcast happens every day on YouTube. Make sure that you check out Easy Eats Bodega's content, specifically the GMGM Market Talk Show at 8 a.m. Eastern and Web3 Made Easy at 5 p.m. Eastern time, five days a week. Uh, that's it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. This show, this song is called All Eyes on Me, but this weekend it's going to be All Eyes on G, as in all eyes on Gabe going into the Super Bowl. We'll catch you guys next time. We just love listening. We just love.